This experience is best with headphones. This is a program in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. For more information and additional programs, visit us at openandclear.com. For any questions you would like us to focus on, comments about the show, inquiry about advertising with us, or just want someone to talk to, please visit us there at openandclear.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Mark. We're here with Devin, and this is The False Prophet. And it's uh, March 15th. We're back again. How's it going? How are you, Devin? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. Super hot where I am. Oh, yeah? Oh, jealous. I don't even know if it's hot outside right now. Yeah. I like, I like the tropics. <laughs> Is it is it like nice calm waters or are you by a lot of waves or? Um, on one side of the island it's very calm. Oh yeah. On the other side it's very wavy. Which side is that? Like the east side is is wavy or something? Yeah, the Atlantic side is very wavy. Mm. But it's really good scuba diving. Nice. When you're under the water, yeah, it's great. I've never been scuba diving. I've been snorkeling. I've been. Uh, Scoop, what's it called? It's kind of like snorkeling, but with a big tube, a big oh, one. Oh yeah! And so you go like thirty feet down still. Nice. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. This the title of the program is a false prophet. The question. Hmm. You know, because I I I, I want to know myself. I want to know. Are you a false prophet? Yeah, that's what I, I want. <laughs> I don't know. Are you spreading lies that corrupt the youth? Well, it depends on your definition of corrupt, I suppose. I want to give you deadly nightshade like Socrates <laughs> for corrupting the youth. <laughs> Actually, I had a question about that. <clears throat> okay. I was thinking about conversion today and recently, and it seems like a lot of religions have a very they like to proselyte and they like to recruit and they like to share their message with people and kind of convert people to the truth. Do you see yourself as like an evangelical or like a proselyting missionary type person? No. You're not out to share a message with people? Uh, no. Um, I, I don't think of it like that. I don't think of it as like people need to hear what I'm saying or anything like that. I think of my information as completely useless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 the to be completely frank, it is the existence of the universe, and it is fact to me. So, no, everybody's going to realize it and remember it, regardless if they accept anybody or anything. So, if you weren't around to share this like podcast and stuff, that doesn't matter. Would it? Would the message still get out to people? Yeah, everybody's going to die. Yeah. Yeah. So when we die, what happens? Like our veil of unknowledge becomes knowledge or something? Yeah, this is the experience of opposition. This is the knowledge of good and evil, this, this world. And, and uh, it is quite literally the opposition of knowing everything. You know, the reason you're here and everything. So how did we get stuck in this position? Uh, voluntarily. <laughs> yeah? 
Yeah. <laughs> we just decided one day, we're like, you know what? We should not know anything anymore. Uh, kind of, but it, it, it's, you know, the spirit world was as long as the physical world has been existing and will exist. It's eons of existence. And the decision was made as much as our decision right now is to come out of it. And we're slowly, gradually, seemingly doing it. But time was, a, of course, a different type of thing in the spirit world. Like, it, it's different. <laughs> it's not from point A to point B, because you can literally do that in a blink of an eye. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like religion spends a lot of time um, emphasizing, like, the eternal perspective, like where we were before we were born, where we go after we're born. Yeah. As opposed to people who are more secular, who just kind of want to live their life. So, I mean, how important is it that we realize all this metaphysical transcendental knowledge while we're still here in the flesh? Or is it important at all? Well, I, I know I have a calling. I have a written function, a purpose to fulfill in life. And I'm naturally drawn to that. I'm naturally called to do that. And everybody has these callings in life and a natural feeling, a guidance inside them. And so we're all going to the fulfillment of our purpose. Um, and so everyone has that and regardless if, if it's pretty much if someone's proselyting on the street and you hear them you were written in your purpose to hear them that you had the ears to hear and then you go and you learn what they have to do and you know do with and you you become part of that religion and you know you might then be walking down the street 20 years later hear someone else's speaking and you have the ears to hear that and it brings you out of that church that you were in and and then you continue on your journey. Your written purpose, your, your unique function in this world is, is already determined and you will fulfill it regardless if you are in resistance to it or not. Your, your heart will be changed when it, <laughs> when it needs to be changed. So it really doesn't matter how many people we convert or anything. Um, the idea of, of Jesus having uh, conversions and, and people accepting him is that that habitual pattern of wanting to be bodies and thinking we're bodies and upon death instead of grabbing onto the habit of wanting to be a body again you have the opportunity to because you accepted Jesus's help and assistance you you have the opportunity to move on from the physical habit of the physical world so anything that kind of happens was meant to happen, then you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. But, mm -hmm. <clears throat> so where does that leave room for free choice then? Or is yeah. there no such thing? And, uh, again, it means <laughs> determined on dimensional experience and everything. Uh, but from, from a close perspective to what seems like free will, uh, there is no free will at all. So we're, we're so, actually taking another perspective, another dimension of the same attributes of what was the singularity of God or the beginning of the universe. Mm. And so this fourth dimension is the idea of free will. That's the idea of individuality. But it's it, kind of a false notion. Well, it is a development. It's another way of looking at the world. Mm. I mean, animals and what people call it instinct and stuff, but they don't really have free will. Okay. Yeah. It seems like the idea of good and evil is predicated on your ability, your, your choice. You choose to do good in a situation or bad. So if we don't have free will, is there such a thing as good and evil? Well, outside of this physical world, 
this limited perspective of the third dimension and the fourth dimension, where it does seem like the battle of good and evil happening is ultimately in other dimensions of experiences, no, there is no good and evil. There is only the idea of love, and this opposition is quite literally, what if there was an idea outside of love, and that is everything else. That is, you know, from one degree of 100% love, which Jesus represents, to the 0% love, which Lucifer represents. And so it seems like there's a war in this heaven, but really it's just every possible option of what could be love, what could be, you know, every possible choice if it was divided up, but it's really all the same thing. So in this experience of free will, the only way to have free will is to divide it up and make it look like there, there is choice to determine which path you want to go on. So you need, you need negativity in order to choose positivity, or else you're not going to have a choice. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. It's one of the theodicies of Christianity. Like People often say, if God is so good, why does he allow bad things to happen? And one of the answers that uh, Christian and religious apologists have posed for that is they'll say that you have to have opposition. Like, what is good if there is no evil? Like, mm -hmm. you have to have both sides. Yeah. So if there's love beyond the fourth dimension and everything's kind of good, how can it exist if there is no evil in the rest of the, the other dimensions? So there's a derivative of what you describe evil as, and it would kind of be defined around one central idea, and that would be in imposing or influencing someone else with pain and death, mm -hmm. right? So the idea of death is really the, uh, where all of it revolves around, and the fact that we think we're alive now is the whole reason we think evil could possibly occur to us. I mean, we experience pain and suffering, and, and you know, to that extreme of pain and suffering is, is death, and then we will be no more, and we won't have our free will anymore, and we won't have our life anymore, and we, we could have had all this potential of, of a future, and the other was taken from us, and and all these ideas, but when you actually confront and, and face that idea of fear of death, and, you, and possibly you even experience death, you, you no longer are afraid of what people call evil, because it doesn't exist to you anymore. You're not, you can't be manipulated by fear anymore. You're not afraid to die. It's, it's the most joyous experience as far as my experience was. That I, I wish death upon everybody, and that sounds evil when you're afraid of it, but yeah. it's the most joyous experience, and, you know, everybody will come into the knowledge of the universe again, and oh, just the endless amazement of what death is is such a beautiful thing. So, <clears throat> what about, uh, so most religions see evil people in the world, like Genghis Khan, or Hitler, or Stalin, or, mm -hmm. you know, Jeffrey Dahmer, and people just do terrible things. And other religions will say that after this life, you're punished for the actions that you do in this world. Okay. But you, don't, you, don't, you wouldn't agree with that? Uh, no, not any more than we punish ourselves in everyday life. So we want to assume that everybody is being punished outside. Uh, but really, the only punishment we have is, is the belief we have about ourselves. So like an idea of guilt and suffering and, and a reason and, 
and it's a really a complicated mind. Um, however, you will go where you feel you deserve uh, after death, and and if that if that, if that is reincarnation, if it is hell, if it is anything, you will go where you deserve. Many that's what's so great about accepting Jesus is that you have that opportunity to to take his hand and move on instead of have the habit of being lost. Um, not everybody needs, you know, Jesus in the same sense because they have achieved in this the, almost the same status. The ability so to move was, on. If somebody's a bad dude in this life and they do a bunch of bad, it's not that they need to be punished, but that's they form this habitual action. They keep doing the same thing over. They keep repeating the same yeah. life over and over again. They don't uh, it is it is possible it is completely possible that they and they keep making the same decision but you're also referring to uh, free will and that it does seem like you know it involves some sort of intelligence and uh, that that somehow they're not going to catch on or have that guidance and so it's almost thinking that they are independent from the rest of the universe uh, this is not this is not true at all, and your your divine script is written, and uh, while you you might have to repeat things a few times or be stuck in prison, spirit prison or whatever it may be, till you achieve what needs to be done, uh, then it will naturally happen. Uh, it's naturally written as when Jesus, when Christ. And Michael developed the entirety of the world and the universe. It, it was all written within us as our purpose and the story of what is, what is the universe and everything. It's just manifest destiny, a foreordination type stuff. Uh, it depends on your perspective and what you're talking from. Like, is personal manifestation of destiny? Yeah. I mean, like, it's, we don't have choice, right? So our lives just kind of play out the way that it's written to play out. Yeah, even to believe in free will or not. So what is the, what's the significance of an individual then? If it's all just written out and there's no growth or anything, it's just all pre-scripted out. Yeah. What, is it, what, what does the purpose of life even matter then? Or to gain the perspective of what it means to be completely limited and seemingly separate of yourself. So think of it as, as the next era of of this experience of the universe which is the fifth sixth and seventh dimensions is unlimited so this everything you think of as superheroes uh is in this kind of idea so you're going to have the powers and abilities as superheroes do uh, but you know not just a select few but all of them and it even goes further than that of multiple universes and stuff like that so in in this is quite literally the opposite of that this is the limited version or just one chosen perspective of the multitude of universes and possibility. So to experience what it means to be completely limited and then to experience the breaking out of that limitedness to, to awakening, you know, awakening uh, your superpowers or the ability to fly and everything, that's, that's an exciting event. That's an exciting thing when you thought it didn't even exist before. So, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, I'm just wondering, what is the, like, what's the ultimate goal, then, of the whole system? We experience this limited okay. life, and then we experience this breakout of unlimitedness, and we can appreciate both. Yeah. But 
like what is the point of it so that what so that we can return back to the source or what yeah so that's just you know the fifth sixth and seventh dimension and then there's the eighth ninth and tenth dimensions and in in that the entire the whole entire thing is is to define infinity so we, there was the singularity of the existence of what is god un, undescribable unexplainable and to divide it all up into, as, as the church says, to becoming as God, it, it puts it off and makes it seem like you're going to be your separate, separate God in your separate universe. And that makes sense to the separate idea of ourselves in this ego world that we are limited and separate. But really, it's, it is, we are quite literally the definition of what is everything. So to the experiencer, as myself and you, we are, we are going through the growth expansion and the continual extension and growth of the universe till eventually we, we reach back into the exact same point we started. So and it just goes in a circle or what? Yeah, the, the infinity circle, yep. So after we've reached the end of the dimensions, we kind of go back into the beginning? Yeah, you're talking... Uh, I don't even have a word for how far away that would be I mean as far as infinite it seems like we want to be able to I mean you can't even no <laughs> can't even describe it <laughs> so even even just the next era of dimensions is every possible universe of you every possible mark in his entire life if he died in every day there's there's an option of you died in every day or you got rich in every day or you won the lottery in every every day and these are every single possible universe that is available and you can jump from one to the other and experience any anyone however you want i know it gets a little extreme and so you're talking about trying to understand the tenth dimension when we can't even grasp the sixth or the fifth so we're in the fourth dimension right now. Most of us are. We, we are actually in three at a time, so it's mind, body, and spirit. Um, but our focus would be in the center one, and then we perceive the two around. So as, as most of us are actually focused on the third dimension, we also do experience the fourth and the second. Second being emotions, third being body, and, and fourth being ego, individuality. Conscious. So if somebody wanted to like transcend and experience higher dimensions, what, what does that entail? Well, it, it is a personal path. Uh, so you have to follow your guidance and, and, and really be determined to look into every possible option. Look into um, just every teaching you can find of, of, of what speaks to you and then finding something that really speaks to you and taking it to heart 100% trying to do everything you know looking at everyone's perspective and and if it means praying then praying your heart out and everything you can possibly do and you'll be guided further and further and further in in, ex, in expanding I mean it is quite a journey it is a journey and if you're not taking the journey or if you're content with where you're at you will stay and be experiencing the same thing but if you wanted to transcend you have to take a journey it is a journey i mean that's what the plan of purification or salvation is it's a journey and you have to really dedicate to it and put everything you have into it 
Well, we, we had to, even though we don't remember, we had to, to come and be a body. So in the experience of finding a family and, and parents and everything that we wanted to be, and we had to, you know, almost convince them to allow us and to be part of their family, and then we had to actually get there in the right time to make the whole thing happen and all that experience. So, uh, so if somebody wanted to, like, transcend, should they become a monk and, like, just, you know, drop out of the world in general and focus on their transcendence? Or is it something that you can do while maintaining, you know, what people would call, like, a normal life? Well, I would say, again, that it is your personal path about your individual guidance. Um, it is a beautiful step, but I would, wouldn't do it any more than you're excited about it. So it, um, whatever it might be uh, with your excitement, I maybe would go a little bit farther than already excitement, but you're going to receive something else, another step after that, where you, yeah. where you find a boredom in it now and and it's no longer intriguing you. And I would I would go through that to trying to forgive the ideas of, you know, being pain and suffering and, and trying to accept that it is your path in the moment and everything. And then it will open up a new door uh, for you to continue the step. But it would seem like you have multiple choices and and everything, so you you just need to look within and say, you know, what is calling me? Because it, no matter what, it is an aspect of myself that's calling me to the experience of more and uh, the expansion of the universe, the expansion of myself. And so I just want to follow myself. Well, we are unique aspects of this entirety of what is everything, a definition of the universe. There's no way that I have a, a path like yours and you don't have one like mine. Um, but, of course, people can help you. People can help you try and discern what the Spirit is speaking to you and where it's guiding you and, and help you to see more clearly and, and things like that. Uh, but it, ultimately, you're doing it by yourself. Yeah, especially going have... into the fifth dimension is the uh, experience of joining and connecting with everyone in the minds and where everyone uh, knows everything about each other and, and everything. So you're actually breaking out of your own individuality. So you have to go on this individual path. It's like you're burning that candle as far as you can go as you keep going. Every time you make that new decision, you keep going, you're burning more of the candle, burning more of it until eventually it doesn't exist anymore and you transcend. Interesting. So if somebody's listening to you right now and they want to know if you're a false prophet or if you have, if you're telling the truth or something, yeah. most religions would say like, pray about it, ask God, do follow the specific religion that they're teaching and see if you get a feeling, mm -hmm. but you're not advocating a specific religion. You're just advocating to listen to your own inner voice that yeah. kind of directs you where you would go. Yeah. So you're not advocating for like a religion, but you're advocating for people to be open to hearing what their path is that already exists in front of them, just to be okay walking down that path. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with every religion. I think they all have their spot and place in the universe, and everything has its season. And um, I mean, just the... Yeah, so I'm, I'm not really against any of them at all. They, you know, some have more than others, and some have a glimpse in, into a greater place or even the plan of salvation and stuff, but, you know, every single one of them, no matter what, when you're, re 
either when it's the information spoken, it's filtered through an ego identity, and then when it's received, it's filtered through an ego identity. And so no matter what, even when you're hearing someone's religion or, or whatever it may be or in the book or anything, we all, we all determine what it is for ourselves anyway. Yeah. So we all kind of see it differently. And then people try and line up the fundamentals of the religion. And so you have to kind of apply that in order to be Christian or, or whatever. And, you know, it makes sense, but we just... Yeah, it's it's a unique thing. So how do you feel if um, you have somebody who's raised Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. They're always Catholic, they're Catholic, Catholic. Um, and it's, I mean, there's a common idea that if I was born Catholic, I'm going to die Catholic, I'm loyal to my religion, it would be uh, unloyal for me to, to change religions. But then they hear something from Islam or from Buddhism or from Judaism or Christianity, and they hear something from a different religion, and it starts to resonate with them, but they turn it off. They say, no, 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 that can't be true because I'm Catholic and Catholic is true. Like, how do you feel about that kind of thing? Is that, well, is that I mean, wrong for us to be so closed-minded to everything else? It's, it's kind of like uh, someone that was told and very strictly insists that they can't have chocolate. And then you, you, you somehow get a taste of chocolate at some point. And then every time you smell it and you, you swear off of it and you're never going to touch it again... But it was so amazing. And yet you, you want to... Yeah, so you're walking by the bakery and you smell chocolate. Oh, what is that? Oh, it's so... Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Can't touch it. But you're drawn to that for a reason. I mean, it doesn't make sense with chocolate. But you have this draw inside you. And not everybody would be drawn to chocolate. You know, not everybody... Okay, everybody likes chocolate. So a bad metaphor. But... Uh, <laughs> It's kind of like that. It's like you know what you need. And, and so it's a discerning of remembering who you are. Ultimately, that's all we want to do. Is everybody just wants to remember who we are. And if we did, this wouldn't be a challenge. This wouldn't, this wouldn't be really any fun. And we wouldn't mind killing ourselves right now. Do you think that we ever can be drawn towards things that are not good for us? Like a lot of religions teach that we're tempted to do things that are evil. And part of our becoming enlightened is to learn to reject those things that we're tempted to do but we know are bad for us yeah so the best way i would describe tempting or or something that's bad for us is is literally fear and we we like to make up this idea that you know fear protects us but it only protects our body and that that idea is is justified yet as a consciousness um Fear is, isn't healthy. Fear doesn't save my consciousness from anything. It, it does protect my body. Uh, so when I, I do experience uh, fear of, of what, what could happen or being tempted or anything like, like that, I, the temptation is you know, being afraid to move forward. I mean, if I, if, if I stopped in kindergarten and they said the ABCs was it, and no, you can't, you shouldn't uh, go further in the ABCs. Do not even think about compiling them into words. That's, that's just insane. You don't want to do that because that, that leads to sentences. Oh, you don't want to do that. Mm. And, and, you know, it, it just seems very elementary when we, of course, put it in that understanding. And so it's just you accept this fear of what could be. And, and then, you know, you, as a teenager... You're, you're contemplating, you know, what, 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 what is, you know, I don't even know what, 
a sentence is. What, what is it? And you're talking with your friends. Yeah, a sentence, you know. It comes to a period. Oh, a period. And, you know, it, it's a silly metaphor, but in the same sense, it's like you, you develop a fear that seems completely irrational when you, you know, in, in what we are now, this seems completely irrational, but just society has developed through, you know, personal judgment or understanding. You know, I think of the movie uh, Crudes. The Crudes, have you seen that? Cartoon? Yeah. 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 And, and that's a good understanding of it. And they, because of their safety of the body and the need for survival, which is justified, uh, they, you know, he taught how things were bad and they would lead to your death if you do that and everything. And if she wasn't brave enough to go outside of the cave and uh, to go up above the land or whatever it was, and and they wouldn't find this, you know, beautiful green place and they wouldn't find fire and all this stuff and the expansion of their experience. So what about like, if you get into like a moral dilemma... Like, what if I'm sitting at, at my job or something, and I just want to punch my boss in the face? And I know I probably shouldn't, because, you know, I don't want to hurt other people, but there's a part of me that just wants to punch him in the face. Like, do you ever, like, I'm drawn towards something, but I have to tell myself, no, 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 that's bad. Yeah, and that's where people teach about consequences and everything, and it is like that. You're, you're ultimately determining what's going to happen in your future and everything by what the so, decisions you're making. It's true. Would you advocate just going with the feeling, or would you advocate like a higher consciousness of doing what's best overall or something? Well, it's the same thing with uh, expanding into another religion or something. It's, it's determined by what you want. What do you want? You know, do you want to be happy, or, or do you want to insist that uh, you're right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so like you can, it's not so much of following through with that experience of that feeling and, and actually taking about that action, which in the same sense, I would not say that that's any more negative than suppressing yourself. I mean, it's just a different attribute of, of negativity. And you're going to have to go to therapy for years because you've been suppressing your anger and all this stuff. So you're beating yourself up instead of him. I'm not saying you know, condoning or condemning either way, really. What I, I'm saying is that negativity is existing no matter what in this opposition world. Yeah. And so if we reach a higher state of consciousness, can we transcend that negativity ultimately? Or is it something that always haunts us? Well, kind of, uh, yes, absolutely, we will. Absolutely, because outside of this world, is, there is no longer the idea of knowledge of good and evil. And if you know anything about the Burning Man sensation that's happening, you heard. Oh yeah, in Nevada. Yeah, and there's there's almost every state has a small version of it now. Oh. Uh, that is uh, the opportunity to just act. If you know oh, yeah. anything about that, and and you know you try and be helpful, but it's a comfortable place to just be whatever. And mm. uh, in my experience, I. I agreed with a friend that we would just be completely whatever, and it did involve coming into, like, I was being very annoying and very up in his face, and he did eventually slap me across the face, and he was a big guy. I, I had to at least fly 10 feet or something, 
And I was, I'm so grateful for that experience because of what it led to and everything. But uh, I, I'm absolutely grateful that that opportunity happened and that, you know, we could just get it out. It was like a safe place to, to act out of our emotions and dissolve them instead of suppressing them or anything like that. So while it does, in society, we have this idea that, of course, consequences of your actions will lead to prison or whatever, and so it's it's not a safe place. But at at this scenario, it's literally, it's it's called Burning Man because you're burning the idea of what man is and society is, and you're just let burning away the the ideas and emotions and everything, and to just be yourself and to just the freedom that comes from allowing that to happen and just acting on impulse and everything. Um, so, like most conventional like society and religions and stuff will tell you to <clears throat> bridle your passions and take control over yourself. But they advocate it by suppressing, you know, all your appetites and like not acting on them and trying to stuff them down deeper. But you're saying that you actually became more enlightened by acting them out. I do agree with, uh, yes, that I've been to several communities where it's a safe place to attempt to just say whatever's coming through and whatever you're feeling and acting immediately. And as everyone's doing it and everyone's in agreement that it's helpful and that we can actually get somewhere, then we, we find these places in ourselves that we have been emotionally distraught or traumatized and, and we have an opportunity to actually heal that experience instead of try and talk through it and everything. And you're actually you're reliving it in a way where you can now choose again in the experience of choosing, you know, it, maybe I saw it differently. Maybe I was wrong about the experience. And, and now I, I have someone that will hug me no matter what afterwards, if I'm punching him or whatever, because we're in communion with it, then I can experience the freedom of letting it go after. So when you act on those emotions, then they can, you can let it go and you can be free of it. Yeah. Instead of constantly, constantly wondering, you know, what, what would happen if it did, or, you know, uh, like, what do we do? We like, oh, I wish I just hit that guy or something, you know, and, and it's, it's boiling inside you and, you know, you wish you would change differently and you feel then make a decision about yourself that you are less of a person because you didn't act on that or, or you know, whatever it might be. But it sounds very Freudian. Like Freud had these ideas where you'd have some trauma in your life and when you tried to suppress it and put it down deeper, it would embed itself in the subconscious and find other ways to manifest itself in your life that would cause detriment. You know, yeah. these ego defense mechanisms that would keep hurting you. Yeah. Until you went back down to that, that um, causative issue and actually solved it. Yeah. And then those things would dissipate. Exactly. That's like, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, yeah, which is interesting because Freud was totally iconoclastic when it came to religion. Like he was an atheist, kind of. You know what I mean, didn't didn't agree with any major religions. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, every everything has its step, and you know, you have to take certain perspectives in order to master other perspectives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, even the idea of atheist, you have to master. You know, other you're trying to master something, so you're you're letting things go and 
and not not being those other things and trying to get mastered in that one thing and even in even in most religions about spirit paradise is that all talents will be shared and the fact that uh, that is that if then someone can be mastered and understand something to the you know molecule and, and energy and everything and then we all get to share that wonderful understanding and you know it's not their opportunity it's not their written uh, understanding of going into experiencing god and and everything that's someone else's you know and everybody will share it and everybody will believe in god and everybody will be atheist because it's it's completely a different definition <laughs> so does it help to be around people who think the same way so you can be in that environment where you just love and support each other and allow each other to act out like that? Uh, oh, so specifically about the acting out emotions and stuff? Is that what you're referring sure. to? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like you, you said you were in a, in a group of people and it was you were yeah. in a safe space to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I completely, I want to, I still want to live and build a community uh, that is similar and does stuff like that, yeah. So do you think that's the goal of organized religion is to have a community of people that support each other like that? Or do you think that your idea is kind of different? Uh, uh, yes, uh, but this, this would be more supporting the community being a, a whole instead of being our separate selves in a whole. Like this, so this is attempting to have a flow between everybody um, instead of instead of we still have our separate worlds and we go together once a week. This would be every day. So you'd all like live in, like together or something? Yeah, and, and experience together. And it doesn't have to be constant, but yeah. Oh, interesting. I mean, it would need its own different type of living, different type of rules and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Like a hippie commune or something. Yeah, it is, it is the definition of a commune, but most people misunderstand what communes are when the first ones that, that are still around today in Israel experience and work just like that. Um, most people understand communism as, you know, this one of the dictator or something determines what you have to do and you can't go outside of that or anything and, and they'll kill you if you do and and it's kind of given this bad idea to what is actual living in a commune, which is more like a family. So in your opinion, what, what do you think it is that's stopping society at large from just evolving into one big commune like that? Like a good positive commune? Well, as a whole, we kind of need to move together. And so we're actually, it would, I mean, just like the, the mastery in a subject for a person, uh, for a country, we're in a mastery of independence and capitalism. Yeah. Um, maybe you can help me with a d more question about that. About uh, like, the commune? Yeah. Capitalism? Uh, get deeper with a question because I, I don't have any more answer for you there. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, I think it's a cool idea to have um, what you've experienced on a small scale, like a a family of people getting together like that. But I'm wondering, you know, you see these big mega churches and these huge religions with lots and lots of people. What is it that's stopping oh. 
all of us from getting together and forming a commune like you did with a small group, but instead with like millions of people. Yeah, it does Are come we too back. Selfish, or? well, it does come back to that opposition idea that it, it resorts in the fear of death, and and really, so everybody has to somehow filter what they're seeing happening or people doing and 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 whatever they hear and stuff through this idea: is it going to lead to my death and eternal suffering? Um, so so it does seem like uh, like like you hear stories about cults and stuff and even some that actually go very well and are very loving experiences and everything. And uh, we have our perspectives of that and our religion's perspective of what was occurring or anything like that. But we, it ultimately is a projection of fear onto that experience. And so what is stopping us is, is literally fear. Yeah. And that's kind of what we are experiencing now and there will be events that will bring us together again. But we're, we're in the mastery of the experience of independence and of being our individual selves. And suffering with like the consequences of that. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So that's just part of our natural progression. Yeah. As far as this whole written script of the universe. And, and when, we, when we do all evolve together, we all expand into the next era, we, it would naturally occur. It would naturally happen. We're going to, our minds would be joining again and maybe coming out of this barrier of independence and we will naturally trust people because we feel them as, as we feel our emotional self and we have a beauty and connection with each other that is beyond what we experience now and can comprehend. So how did you come to be aware of all of this? When did it start? Yeah, I mean, how, how does somebody find all of this knowledge that you have? How do they know you're not just like making stuff up? Where, where did you come up with it? Oh, well, I mean, uh, in the same advice that I'm giving about just following what you're guided to do and continuing to move forward is, is kind of what I was doing. I mean, I feel like I was taking Mormonism to heart as much as I could and trying to do as much as possible. And, and I didn't enjoy the fact when I asked questions that were pretty deep and, and about, you know, God created everything, so he created darkness as well and Satan and everything. And, you know, things like that. And my dad, some things, he would, you know, go with me on it a little bit. And, and then he would say something about, you know, we're not going to have all the answers here. And I didn't enjoy that. I did not agree with that. Uh, especially when the church is also telling me that if you ask, you will receive. Right. And so it was a continuation of constantly and in my journey and everything of, you know, what, you know, what can I do for more information? How can I get this? And even asking questions for hours, praying until I receive the answer or it's somehow an understanding among myself even though I might not be able to convey the message perfectly or nor will the message actually be received or anything but it's for me and the understanding and I, I accept that and I, I enjoy that because you know in that same sense every question I have comes with you know that familiarity familiarity of of the knowledge that we had before coming into the world so it sounds like 
you took the advice to heart that if you ask, you will receive, and you kept asking, and ultimately you yeah. did receive. Yeah, and I was guided to different practices, and you know, I still hold to heart the idea of a course in miracles. It spoke to me, and even like how articulate I might be here today. I mean, you knew me; you were like my first friend here in Utah when we, oh. I was like ten or something. And uh, you know, I was really shy and and. I never, I couldn't even say my last name correctly. I had speech impediment and, you know, I, I never talked about anything or any subject until, until it was about spirituality and religion. And, and this A Course in Miracles spoke to me and it was my, it was like a personal thing to me. It was, it was almost as if all of a sudden I could read, all of a sudden I could understand I was limited before and didn't know my place. And then all of a sudden, it just opened up a whole nother world. Literally, like this experience of, wow, all of a sudden I, I'm free. And uh, and so in that same idea is is that, you know, I was drawn to that. Not everybody's going to understand it. Not everybody, it's not for everybody. And, you know, it's, you know, all, all I know is that it's for me and the willingness to go through that and the willingness to continue, and I started traveling and everything, just talking to people, different experiences and meditation and and all sorts of things. So it, it, it was definitely a personal path of following my guidance, and I do not feel like I actually got to the experience until it was December 2012 when I did receive uh, what I would say was the vision of my quest, and uh, that, that's that death experience that occurred well where i i don't really feel like getting into the detail about it right now but it was the most joyous thing i can possibly ever experience i mean even the as i explained it the happiest day of my life or joyous experience of life playing games with my family i think of laughing so hard and all this stuff doesn't even compare in in comparison that is like depression and s terrible sadness in comparison to this joy. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty intense. And you found that because you just kept searching for the truth? Yeah, I kept searching and asking every day, almost in every every situation, every every minute, asking, you know, what should I do? Where should I go? How should I think? So I think that's really cool because that's kind of a cathartic, really profound experience that you had. But, like, how do other people feel about this when you tell it to them? Like, the people from your last religion and, you know, from more conventional parts of your life? Uh, I don't tell everybody. Um, and yet, uh, I don't know if the message is received, and nor do they. I, I haven't gotten really much criticism about it or anything. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's very, it doesn't seem to be very debatable. And nor do I feel like anybody could. I mean, it's a solid foundation for me, and I don't know. I'm just wondering, do people think that you've been deceived? Now you're a false prophet? Oh, I, I have had uh, people tell me about, you know, I was relating to uh, the burning of the bosom and the, the feeling of that experience, and I'm like, I've had that feeling as I've gotten deeper and deeper into the entirety of my body. Mm. And I've had people say things like, uh, 
Yeah, it is true that uh, Lucifer can deceive by that feeling uh, and, and make it seem more powerful and better than what the church offers. <laughs> Things like that. Um, yeah, and you know, at the same time, with that aspect, or with that understanding, uh, it, it's funny how, in my understanding, how the church will always say, ask if it's not true. They don't say, ask if it's true. Mm. And there is, in my eyes, a reason for that. Because the spirit has no idea of negativity. And it can only say yes. So when you ask for something, you have to ask for it to be a yes to feel something. Mm. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That's interesting. <laughs> so, so people think, oh, you know, Lucifer deceived you into to feeling these profound feelings. And they, they just, some people I can imagine would think that you've just been deceived. But you know that you haven't been deceived. You've had like a really profound personal yeah. experience. Yeah, and I know that everybody will know also that I have not been deceived. So how, how would you explain it to them that you do know, that you know that you haven't been deceived? Like what is it that convinces you that you haven't been deceived? Well, I mean, I've, I've experienced death. <laughs> so like I, I remember the pre-existence. My life flashed before my eyes uh, every detail of the existence of my life in 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 all areas like emotionally physically and conceptually all thoughts and everything into remembering conception and my birth and even previous to that and experiencing the contracts and soul families and what we were in the existence before and everybody's going to experience that so mm -hmm. so i mean as far as in the body if i need to try and convince somebody that uh, this was true and that I actually did experience it or if it's a complete illusion of my mind and I was just craving something so much that I finally made up this completely delusionary experience, which is completely possible. And, you know, just because I wanted to maybe stop searching or something. <laughs> um, that, yeah, and that, you know, it's, it's completely possible, but at least I know, you know, it's my path, it's, my, it's what I'm meant to do. And even if I'm going to, you know, I don't know, be the Antichrist or something, if it leads to that, I know that, you know, it ultimately leads to the coming of Christ. So it needs to happen. And I'm willing to do that. I always thought it was interesting in the allegory of the cave. When the man goes out and he sees the truth and the light, when he goes back into the cave and tries to explain his experience to his fellow companions, <laughs> they actually kill him. They reject what he says, and it's so strange in form and stuff that they actually mutilate him because they can't handle that that change in paradigm, you know? Well, they crucify him. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And this is something that Plato talked about 2,300 yeah. years ago. It seems like it's just human nature to reject anything different. Is yeah. that what just, is, does that kind of hold us back? Uh, absolutely, because it is the fear of death. It is... I mean, as I say that I, I kind of wish death upon everybody because it's so amazing. Um, even just that idea, I mean, I would be killed over that. <laughs> so, I mean, how did you get into it? I mean, every, I would be scared to death if I thought I was actually going to die. So did something push you into it, or did you just have a desire that was stronger than your desire to live? Well, it is definitely little by little, and 
even though there was certain experiences that seemed to be like, oh, okay, if I'm going to die now, let's, uh, I might as well relax and let it happen. And, um, but it, it, if, if I had to do it all at once, it wouldn't happen. Uh, it would definitely be a tremendously terrible experience, which most people have when they're dying. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think of... Uh, I went in a private airplane and he stalled the engine and it goes nose diving towards the ground and everything was flying up and you know experiencing anti-gravity or something and he's you know like holy crap I'm gonna die I'm gonna die right here this is dead what's happening and all this fear and everything comes up and then you're like well is this it <laughs> you like finally have this acceptance Oh, I'm gonna die. That's it. This is this is the end, and then it stops. And you know, he starts the plane up again, and you're like, "Oh man, I just like found peace with death." And, <laughs> and you know, I've I have experienced some pain that's been so tremendous, and you know, can't necessarily put a pin on where it was in my life. But I hear people talk about birth and giving birth that they feel so much pain that they think they're going to die. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, it all leads to like this, this same experience of eventually you just have to accept and that you have no control over the scenario at all. You have no free will on your own death. And that's when you become enlightened and like remember everything. Well, you know, the definition of enlightenment is depends on the sect that you're, you know, talking with and, and everything is, is, as far as enlightenment being a t- continuous perspective, um, no, but you, you do, uh, you could receive some insight, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what like... Reveal to you your purpose in life and stuff. That's like what thrill seekers are going for, is like they feel the freedom of not being afraid of death anymore. Oh. Yeah. I've never thought about that, but that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, let's go jump out of a plane. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to do that. I really do. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Yeah? Yeah. Is that all the time we got for today? Well, I mean, we can continue, but uh, it is coming up on uh, an hour and it seems to be a nice natural silence occurring. Yeah. Well, I think that I think there's been some really good ideas to think about. You know. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing your experience. I know it's uh, personal experiences like these. I'm sure you don't share with everybody. So I appreciate the fact that you were able to open up because I really appreciate what you've been through. Yeah. Thank you for listening and accepting it so well and not being so fearful to criticize and everything though I do accept debates <laughs> but it does it's hard it's hard I know because uh, at the same time I'm sitting here saying no it's fact I know it's fact <laughs> <laughs> it's like how can you debate what you believe is facts right right and, I'm trying to keep in my mind like what a skeptic would say like what what a traditional like Mormon person would say about your your experience and be like, oh well, he was deceived. But I'm trying to see both sides of it at the same time and see that debate play out. You know? Yeah, that's good. I like that. Because I think there's a lot that we can learn 
from your experience. Yeah, and even if it is how to not be deceived, <laughs> then that's okay. From it, right? yeah. <laughs> it's our unique path. So awesome. Okay. Well, thanks again. I look forward to this yeah. next week. Sure, that sounds good, man. All right. Have a beautiful day. Okay, you too.